Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong Giants fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. episode of giant cocktails and as our lovely announcer bob mentioned i am ben henry alongside my brother and captain matthew henry matthew yes ahab or robin williams oh robin williams because Ahab was, you know, I, I mean, I have bad memories of high school and, you know, so Robin Williams all the way. Was it, oh, captain, my captain. Oh, captain, my captain. That is right. That's right. Dead Poet Society, right? Is that what we're referring that, to? That is correct. That is correct. I saw a thing where it said Ethan Hawke was annoyed by Robin Williams. Didn't think Robin Williams was taking things seriously when he was a teenager. When he was filming that film, <laughs> Ethan Hawk. Ethan Hawk now realizes that teenagers are all idiots. Yes, and that Robin Williams uh, is a genius. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ethan Hawk. Just, just to be clear, Ethan Hawk realizes that now. That now, but yes. But anyway, correct answer, Matthew. Correct answer. And more importantly, today is Sunday, September seventh, as we record this podcast, and this is episode twenty-eight of Giant Cocktails, the San Francisco Giants the best team in baseball proved it this week by going a six and O as they swept the week W E E K or W E A K. The answer is both ladies and gentlemen, the answer is both. That's right. And now their record is 93 in 50, two and a half games ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers for the National League West title, for the NL title, and for the best record in all of baseball. But more importantly, fans, the San Francisco Giants' magic number for a playoff spot stands at the loneliest number of one. If the San Francisco Giants win any game this coming week, or the Cincinnati Reds lose any game this coming week, the San Francisco Giants will have clinched a playoff spot and everything after that's gravy. Right, Matthew? Gravy. Like poutine. <laughs> that's that's gravy, well, like, right? I'm, I'm trying to remember. Uh, but no, I no, I mean, well, no, I mean, it's the greatest Canadian cuisine. First of all, it is, it is, it is the, it is the. Uh, it's the first yeah, thing yeah, that came yeah, to mind when you said gravy. Uh, I, I, no, well, no, I mean, hey, hey, I mean, ca- Canadians everywhere. Are like, what, what? Huh? Yeah, that's me. Our one Canadian listener is like, poutine. Yes. But yeah, but gravy is what you put on poutine. Like, I mean, it's part right. of poutine. It's, it's part not, of it. It's not, yes, yes. It's not poutine if you don't have the no, gravy. No, no. I just know that there are French fries involved, and that's <laughs> Correct. give me Correct. those. That's basically, yeah, I think it's I think it's basically it. Yes, gravy on French fries. <laughs> but a fancy word that the Canadians can. But yeah, I'm going to give it to you. All I'm right, give it to all you. right. Yeah, it's it's poutine. <laughs> that's right. 
That's right. With the Giants win, it's poutine. <laughs> I already have a title for this episode, but I'm thinking I might suggest that win. That one. Just, just when the Giants win, it's poutine. <laughs> oh, Captain My Poutine. <laughs> oh, Captain My Poutine. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But anyway, it was a great week for it the was. San Francisco Giants. You can't get any better than that. No, you can't. You literally can't. It's like Logan Webb throwing a three-pitch inning. You can't do better than six wins in a six-game week. And what was beautiful about it is that the week started with the San Francisco Giants a game and a, a game ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers during what was, I think, their lowest and roughest week of the year. And now they come out the next week. They're two and a half games ahead. And the Dodgers, not like the Dodgers are playing poor baseball. No. Not like another team I want to talk about later <laughs> that is playing poor baseball. And oh boy, I want to rub it into those guys. But before we do that, before we do that, we have to. What are you drinking? There you go, Matthew. Am I going first this time? You are going first this time. I went first last okay, time. Okay. See, I never remember. You're, that's why we have you because you remember these things. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I was going to go a different direction with my cocktail this week mm -hmm. uh falls coming i was thinking apple cider i was you know i was i was going deep into that i had a little mezcal Ooh. going it was it was, I, you know i hadn't quite figured it out but that's where i was going mm. until until brandon belt first played appearance on was it friday i can't remember now i believe it was on friday yes, yes. and you look at him, he's in the batter's box, and you're like, what is that on his chest? And clearly it was electrical tape, kind of shaped like a C. It was it was kind of a little a little weak, right? And 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 wasn't the only one that mentioned it or noticed it, right? So all of a sudden Twitter just lights up and and the announcers are speculating and yep. and you know, and of course. Uh, it has to be that he's belt has anointed himself captain, right? And and I mean that's the obvious answer. Yes, yes. So that's what we're all speculating. Come to find out that uh, you know there was a little story behind it that he wanted to be the first one off the plane, and so he announced to everyone that he was the captain. And uh, and then and so then Longoria the next day put the C on his jersey before he got into the clubhouse and didn't think that Belt was actually going to wear it out of the field. It was going to be a little ha ha moment within the clubhouse. And Belt's like, Kevin Longoria clearly did not know who he was dealing with. <laughs> clearly did not know what was going to happen there. But I do have to ask a question. What is it that Brandon Belt wants to be the first guy cutting off the plane? Is he picturing like some sort of like Air Force One kind of like photo op? <laughs> like we're going to come off the stairs in Chicago and I have to be the first one off the plane? I don't know. But there's always that guy when you fly, right? That's like got all the stuff ready. They're ready to fly out. They could be like on row 20 and they're already oh, like true. booking their way down the, the, the trying to cram their way through to get out. That's true. So he, he might be that earliest, guy, you know? Yeah. He steals the earliest spot in the overhead bin. <laughs> yes. He's He's got like, he, he takes his belt off, not before the ding goes off, but somehow like instantly simultaneously with it. Yes. Where it's like the bing goes off and his like belt his just clicks, goes off at the uh, same time. Totally. You hear the click and the bing at the same time. And he's like, 17 rows down the line yes. before anybody else pops out of there. Yes, there's that guy. Yeah, right? That's Brandon Belt. Yeah. yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. 
So, so like a true captain. So then I'm like, well, I've, I've got to honor our new captain. Right. And so today you can't see this listeners. I actually did put a photo up on Twitter at, at giant cocktails of me. I'll put one on Instagram later too, but I am wearing my away San Francisco Jersey with the black and orange San Francisco across my chest, just like Brandon belt. And like Brandon belt, I have a electrical tape C on my chest just to let Ben know Who's captain of this podcast? Hey, you know, I, I totally, I totally acquiesce. And, and listeners, I just want you to picture a really old man sitting in his closet <laughs> wearing a Giants jersey from the 1980s with a big block C on it. Okay, first of all, um, it was the 2000s. Okay, but and, but and if you're thinking the Giants that, haven't changed their jerseys, so I can wear it forever. That's true. That's true. That's true. You can. No, they haven't changed, changed the away grays in a long time, as they should not. They're classic. Uh, and listeners, if you're wondering if it is sad as you're imagining, I will say it's sadder. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I will catch my tears in my cocktail because uh, so I, I actually did a little research. There's, you know, wouldn't you know it? There's a cocktail called The Captain, and its main spirit, of course, is Captain Morgan. And, you know, who doesn't have Captain Morgan in their liquor cabinet, right? I mean, you got to have a little captain. And I do not. You do not? You don't? I have some dark rum, but it's not the Morgan. Okay. It's not the captain. Yeah. Sorry. Well, so, I mean, I think back from my earlier days, my non-sophisticated days, I had a little captain in there. And I'm like, well, I got some of that. So, a captain is one and a half ounces of Captain Morgan, a half ounce of sour. Uh, and uh, I had some lemon sour from last week's uh, cocktail. Still there, and then I put a little lime in there because it was just lemon sour. So it's a little bit of lemon lime sour, uh, a half, ounce and a half of orange juice, and I used the orange juice of the juice of the cuties that we put in my kids' lunches. But they're not like the cuties that you get in the in the summer where they're the perfect size and the and the and the rind falls off easily and there's not one seed in there. No, these are the knockoff sweet, uh, cuties that Rayleigh's was trying to pass off as cuties. They're bigger. They have a little thin rind and they've got lots of seeds in them. But they also have a lot of juice. And so I was able to get an ounce and a half of of juice out of one of those big cuties. So. Uh, and uh, these would be cuties when you're wearing beer goggles. Continue. <laughs> okay. And then I topped it off with three ounces of lemon lime soda and garnish with a lime. And it is actually really, you know, this is one of those drinks that, you know, I could, you could be at the poolside and you're just, you know, sucking these down. Um, it's not a sophisticated cocktail, but you know, it's the captain and you know, the captain was calling. So that's my cocktail for today. So thank you very much. And and before Bob asks his important question, uh, I got to I, I remind me. So today's actually a week a day where you got to come up with your own cocktail, right? Like you didn't have to roll. Gloria, the dice. hallelujah. <laughs> Gloria, hallelujah. I mean, listen, Logan Webb, Buster Posey. Thank you guys for taking it easy on the rest of baseball for a week so I could have a week to myself and make my own cocktail. I noticed that you came back this week with a vengeance. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, what am I drinking? Okay, look. <laughs> Bob wants to know. Bob's like, quit, quit with the chit-chat. Let me know what you're Okay, well, no, I am drinking a cocktail. I'm going to get to the chit-chat, Bob. You don't run the show, buddy. <laughs> I pay you, remember? That's how this works. That's how this works. Uh, you get groceries when I decide. And... Um, the the cocktail I'm drinking this week is actually called the magic number. 
And it is a it is a cocktail of my own creation. And I created it for a couple of reasons. The primary reason that I created it is because I wanted to celebrate the San Francisco Giants, Matthew, as as our as the great uh, Dave Fleming has already uh, established. There are going to be postseason games this year. There is no doubt. Okay, the Giants magic number as we stand right now is one. The Giants are going to make the postseason. There are three weeks of baseball left. This team is going to be in the playoffs. And they're probably going to clinch that tomorrow or at worst the next day. By the time you guys are listening to this podcast, maybe. By the time you guys are listening to this podcast, the Giants will have already clinched. And I didn't want to wait a whole nother week to celebrate that because by the time that came around, it was going to be old news. That's reason number one. Reason number two is, is that Buster and Logan won't ever let me make my own cocktail. And they they both went off again this past week. And I have to roll the dice again today, which means I have to make one of their weird cocktails next week. And so I won't be able to create a celebratory cocktail then anyway. The good news is this is the last time, gentlemen. You've done it. You've broke the plateau. You broke the 25 target. You've done it. Thank you. So. But this week's all about me. So we're celebrating. I'm celebrating getting to make my own cocktail. Okay. Correct. I'm celebrating a little bit early. Kind of like like us on the West Coast when we celebrate New Year's at 9 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't want it because we don't want to wait until midnight for the ball. Exactly. Right. You know, just throw on CNN. And we've got kids. And and what are we going to do? Celebrate twice. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Such a disaster. Yes. That's right. I'm celebrating early. I'm celebrating. What do do people who live on the East Coast do with that? Their kids like they can't like fake that. Right. I mean, unless they're like, they, do they dial in like London time or something? You know, like Big Ben fireworks. A, maybe they do like Nova Scotia time. I think there's a province or part of a province in Canada that celebrates that celebrates like maybe half an hour early. So maybe they can get in 30 minutes early. I don't know. Maybe so, they do London. Wait, time. so yeah. Can- Canadians celebrate half an hour early. That's so un-Canadian, right? They're usually so like, oh, I got to follow the rules and and you know, eat my poutine. And- I don't understand what you just said, but you're right. I don't know. I don't understand either. Let me talk about my cocktail. Oh, sure. Co- talk about your cocktail. My cocktail, the magic number is it is a cocktail of my own creation and i gotta tell you i did not have a lot of time to create this cocktail but i was determined i was not going to waste this opportunity so i might have crammed a lot of cocktail experimentation (laughs) to a small period of time and i will tell you there was a period within the last 24 hours where i was not my normal self how drunk were you I was pretty drunk. I was pretty drunk. And I was like trying to hold it together because I was like, okay, what would sober Ben think about this cocktail now? Because the first two or three uh, iterations were not good, but here is the first, let me give you the recipe. I wanted a, I wanted a cocktail that was sophisticated. And for me, a sophisticated cocktail has to have some sort of brooding dark liqueur or liquor or spirit, or it has to have gin. And I didn't want it to be dark. So I was like, okay, it has to be gin. But then I thought, okay, it has to be orange based. It has to celebrate the giants. And I thought orange juice. I'm like, I don't like orange juice, but what do I like, Matthew? What do I love? You like Cointreau. I I love Cointreau. And Cointreau is an orange based spirit. comes in a bright orange bottle. It's a beautiful bottle. It's a beautiful liqueur. So yes, it's one ounce gin followed up by one ounce Cointreau. My gin happens to be a a fancy, you know, non-standard. It's not your typical London dry gin. So it's got a lot of orange notes in it. So it complements the Cointreau well. 
And then I decided, okay, well, I like my sours. So, and I want it to stay light in color and in flavor. So let's stick with uh, the uh, a light sour taste. So let's go with lemon juice. So it's an ounce of lemon juice. And then of course, to balance the sour, I went with an ounce of simple syrup. You can adjust those ratios between those two as much as you like to, to suit your palate. And then I, what I did is I stirred that. I stirred it rather than shaking it. And typically I would shake these particular ingredients, particularly Cointreau and simple syrup because they're heavy syrupy ingredients. And generally you want to shake those to get a really good um, uh, mixture to make sure that the, you know, that it's, it's well distributed. The problem with shaking though, is that it also dilutes uh, the, the, the final output a lot more than stirring. And I didn't want to dilute this and I'll, I'll tell you why. So I went with stirring. And so I stirred this over ice. And then after I stirred it, I double strained that into a champagne flute because then, yes, I topped it with three ounces of Sonoma sparkling white wine. There you go. In honor of my captain. And, uh, and that is the magic number. And it creates a very bright, refreshing, celebratory cocktail uh, that is really easy to drink. I mean, this is a, a cocktail very, very much in the spirit of the French 75 or, or what did I call the, the one that I did on the 4th of July? What was it? Was it called? It was called the American 50 caliber. I don't remember what I called it. It was something appropriate. It was like the American nuclear bomb. I don't remember, but it was, it was something similar to that effect. It's the same kind of cocktail. That's really easy to drink bright and refreshing, but in honor of myself, and in honor of celebrating, it has to pack a serious punch. And I got to tell you, this cocktail really brings it. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really quite ama- uh, happy and and amazed at myself uh, for creating a cocktail that I like so much. So there you go. That is the magic number, possibly the second best recipe that I've ever made, mm. in my own humble opinion. Mm. That's a tasty cocktail. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. I really, re- you know what? You don't say that every time, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, he's picky. It really means something. He's picky, but this does sound like a tasty cocktail. I have to agree with Bob. That's, uh, you know, and I just, mm-hmm. you know, the, every time, though, I picture you with your champagne is that you've got three ounces of champagne, and then you got this bottle left that you got to do. So to, what I would suggest you do is you just go and shake it and, like, spray it all around your living room in celebration <laughs> of the Giants clinching <laughs> the playoffs tomorrow. I will do that tomorrow. Your wife, your wife will really love that. Well, and then I'll get the divorce attorney uh, all lined up on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, and then and then the cleaning people lined up. Yes, well. yes. Probably yeah. those first. Um, yeah, that's that's probably not the best idea. But uh, actually, no, I do have a recipe for that because I did a recipe for uh, champagne uh, sangria earlier in the season. That's right. That's right. You got to yeah. make some sangria now. Yep. That's right. I do. I do. It requires a lot of sugar, folks. It requires a lot of sugar. But anyway, enough about our cocktails, Matthew. There's a reason why we're celebrating this week. And the reason why we're honoring uh, the captains of baseball, because it's not just Brandon Belt. You know, just like Brandon Belt talking about his great play. And yes, that amazing double play that the Giants made that day between Crawford, Listella, and Belt was anchored 
by the great captain with his amazing stretch. That's it right. was like it was like a plastic man kind of stretch. Oh, it was. I mean, you know, that play doesn't happen without Brandon Belt's stretch. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't happen without him catching the ball. I mean, Listella's part in that play really doesn't matter if, if Brandon Belt doesn't do his part. Nope. It was a standard Brandon Belt stretch. But anyway, whatever. Um, that play, first of all, was amazing. It was. It, it might have been the, the defensive highlight on the infield this year. I mean, I don't want to take away what Talkman did a couple of times in the outfield, but uh, but that was an amazing play. But it was an amazing week. The San Francisco Giants went 6-0, and taking care of business against two weaker teams. Like I said, W-E-A-K. But they weren't they weren't super weak teams, right? I mean, these were two teams that, well, I mean, the Cubs at the beginning of the season were considered to be a contender, not by yours truly, but by some in the media. And we know how good at prognosticating those guys are. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a couple of things. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but I mean, the two things yeah, that happened. I mean, first of all, going into Colorado, Colorado has a pretty amazing home record. Had not been swept at home all year. And so, and, and whenever you go into Colorado, you never know, you know, how that's going to go with, you know, the thin air and balls flying out and all that. So, so that was, you know, I, I feel like it's never, it's never a given, even if the, uh, the Rockies are struggling that you're going to go in there and sweep uh, them. And I mean, gosh, I, sometimes you're happy to get out there with a win. Right. And, and then the Cubs, even though they're, you know, theoretically kind of playing their triple A team. Right. I mean, after they traded away all their stars, uh, I think we're eight and two in their previous 10 games before coming, before the giants came in. So, you know, they were playing well and, you know, and anytime you play a team on the road, uh, it, it's always a challenge. And so you can't just say, Oh, we're going to win, you know, two out of three, or we're going to sweep both teams. I mean, that was, I mean, that's pie in the sky kind of thinking. So I was, I would have been, I would have been happy with a four and two week, you know, I think that that's oh, for sure. You know? And so to have them um, uh, sweep was, was, uh, yeah, Everything. I, I think a, a six and a four and two week would have been amazing. Right. Because, yes, you're in Colorado. You you never know what's going to happen in any game. And even if you do win, you think it's going to be a disaster upon your bullpen. Right. I mean, it, it's just Colorado is just a horrible place to be a visiting team. It's such a home field advantage. And then, you know, and, and the Cubs. Well, you know, I, I was looking up and down their roster and I got to tell you, I was like, oh, wait, Patrick Wisdom. He's still on the team. Yeah. This is a problem <laughs> because I remember what that guy did to us last time. I don't know what he's been doing since then. I, I, I think it's been okay. I think it's been quite a lot. Uh, thankfully the giants figured him out for this series, but yeah, I mean, there's still a tough team. You're still in Chicago and you know, there's definitely an opportunity for, for a letdown. I think it was also at the end of a giants really long run without any days off. They played 19 straight games before they ended the Colorado series. And, and you could have, I could have seen them really coming back and, and not performing well, right. Really having a let, a let up game. And, uh, and it didn't happen. I mean, what happened instead is they came back and they looked looser than uh, we've ever seen. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, that whole, the whole thing with Brandon belt and the C on his chest. I mean, it was funny. It was entertaining. But the thing is, is like, this is how they're acting right now. And these are not spring chickens, right? This is a bunch of 35-year-old men acting this way at this point in a very long and stressful baseball season. 
And to me, it really epitomized, well, it didn't epitomize, I mean, to me, it really demonstrated how loose they are and how comfortable they are with the situation. And I think some of that has to do with their age and with their experience. They've been here before. Well, maybe they've never been here before, but they know what it is to win. And they know what a luxury it is to be where they are. And they were really just taking it in stride. So I I think this was a great week that really demonstrated that this team is, is ready. This team's ready for a deep run. And, uh, and I think we're just in store for some, some really special moments coming forward. Yeah. Well, and I think when you talk about them being loose and I think you've got, well, you've got the Brandons and Posey, obviously who have been through this before, uh, but Bryant and, and Listella have both won a world championship and have been through, you know, that that before and and maybe even Long- more s- stressful. Right. I mean, yeah, I know. Mean- I would agree. I would agree. And Longoria has been in some battles yeah. with some of the most, you know, storied teams in baseball. And and the Rays, you know, held their own against the Red Sox and the Yankees for many years. And so so he's been through it. Uh, this is a team that that, you know, really, really has um, the experience and, and knows what they're up against. Totally. And it's not phasing them. No, I think that this this week was one where I think, you know, I look back onto the previous week and I think last week we were stressing about runners in scoring position and how the Giants could get the big hits and and which was you know maddening. Right. And then this week, well, starting from from the Dodgers, the last Dodger game through today are the runs that we've scored by game. We're 6, 10, 12, 7, 6, 15, and 6. So uh, there's something like 8-something runs per game on, on average, and uh, maybe even more than that. And so it's, it, you know, the, the offense suddenly came alive. Some of that was due, you know, looking at the lineups that they were throwing out there. I mean, having La Stella, uh, I think, back really uh, – create some depth to that lineup. I mean, it makes it really hard for a pitcher to get through an easy spot in that lineup. I mean, until you get to the pitcher spot, you're really, you know, I mean, you're having Yaz bat eight and, you know, that's, you know, that's a, that's a tough eight hitter, right? And even with his struggles this year, particularly if he's facing a right-hander. So I think, you know, having Lestella just seemed to be, you know, especially because he had some big game. He had a big game this week with uh, his big three-run, 400-foot homer that he hit. I didn't know that guy. Um, I think I'm taller than he is, and and I didn't, and that's not saying much. So I, uh, it's it was amazing that he was able to jack that one off the scoreboard like that. But uh, I think that he really adds something to this team now that he's getting it going. Like you know, because at the beginning he wasn't, and then he was injured for you know half the season and. Now, finally seeing what he can contribute is, uh, I think, adds so much that we're, we're going to need going into the playoffs. No, it really has been great. I, I, I really agree. First of all, on La Stella, this really does feel to me like the first time I, as a fan, have really gotten comfortable with him. Yeah. And I don't mean like like I didn't like him. I, I you know I always appreciated what what his potential was, but I just you know by comfortable I mean I'm getting used to him. I'm getting used to him being in the lineup and I'm getting used to him doing these things, right? I'm starting to expect these sorts of things when he does them. I didn't expect a home run like that, but uh, (laughs) I don't know that I expect a home run like that home run like that for anybody, but yes, I mean, having him hitting the ball well, absolutely changes everything. And Longoria, you know, I, I think Longoria's absence from the Crawford collision was really long. And then he had, 
you know, he had that got hit um, by the pitch in his hand. He got a hit by a pitch, you know, and that kind of brought him, you know, pulled him back out just after he was coming back. Since he's come back from that second injury, has been an on fire. Yeah. And and you know, and belts, like, I mean, this is a Brandon Belt. Like, I don't know we've ever seen one like this. No. No. I, you know, I mean, this is Brandon Belt better than I've ever seen him. And and He's you know, been, he's, he's making he's, me second guess this whole like, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't resign him. <laughs> right. <laughs> you no. Know? Well, he's he's to that point. I think, you know, all the Brandon Bell haters on social media have been quiet. Like, it's, you know, what what can yeah. they what can they you know, complain about? Really? There's nothing to complain about. Right. And and like and, and you know, and, and plus the fact that, I you know, in some ways, I think he is the captain of this team, or at least he's the captain of this team in one way, which is clearly the fun and, you know, loose way. Yeah. I think Buster Posey is probably the captain in the alternate direction, but I don't even know that this team needs captains. No. They're all captains. They are. Right. I mean, like even uh, Lamont Wade Jr. and and Stephen Duggar and Logan Webb, like they all are so stoic and so mentally strong. Uh, you know, and to see them all putting it together right now is such a relief after, yeah, after last week, which was so frustrating to watch. Uh, I, I will say, I wonder how much of this is facing facing easier pitching opponents. Yeah, there's right? probably some of that, yeah. I'm still a little bit freaked out by the Brewers, you know, especially after what happened yesterday with the ninth no-hitter of the year um between you know and and to me that was to me you know to me that was like a no hitter taunting taunting the San Francisco Giants <laughs> it was like yes i could bring burns back for the ninth to get this no hitter but, but i'm not going to do that i'm going to bring in Josh Hader instead and make this much more likely to be a no hitter than it already was. <laughs> that was frightening that was frightening to watch so the, the brewers still terrify me but you know, I, I think this lineup is clicking right now. It's doing all of the right things. And it's and, and yes, it's day and night from last week. And uh, and it was such a relief to see that and have them extend their lead in front of the Dodgers uh, just to, to, you know, put the pedal to the metal and really like accelerate towards the playoffs. Right. And just drive that magic number down to the point where it's it's one game. I'm, I'm super excited by the way they played. And um you know, yeah, like I said, I, I don't think it's just, you know, I don't think it's 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 a team of captains. And I think that really, I think, epitomizes the team in a lot of ways this year, right? They're all so stoic. The situation is never bigger than anybody on this team. They all know what to do and know what's asked of them. And then also none of them bring a huge ego that gets in the way of the rest of their team as well, right? Yeah. It is such a balanced team in that regard. And, um, and I think, you know, I think this past week really epitomized that and, and, you know, whatever happens, I, I think it really epitomized what a special and fun team this team has been to follow. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think, you know, the, the depth on, I mean, this team is, you know, something we've been talking about all season long and, and just, you know, Phil Flores came back today and immediately made an impact, right. And big, big yeah. home run, three hits, uh, and, and I just, I think, you know, when I reflect on this team, he might be like my low key favorite guy. And, <laughs> and I don't know why. I think it's just because he just, you know, he just goes around and just does his business. And he's not like, I don't know, they're all like that, but he just seems especially kind of like stoic and quiet. And, 
you know, and I think there's probably still that whole like him crying on the field when he thought he got traded from the Mets kind of thing. Still, you know, I have. This... Yeah, I wouldn't describe him as stoic. Yeah, I don't know. I just I have this not stoic. I guess he's just reserved, right? I mean, he's quiet. And, quiet. And, yeah. And 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 you know, but then he just goes out there and just performs. I think he's got what 18 home runs this year, and uh, just I so I think low key he might be my favorite guy. Like I. You know, I'm like, what number does he wear? I might go with his jersey, man. I mean, you know, and then, yeah. but then as soon as I do that, he'll be traded. So uh, I won't do that. <laughs> but, but you know, that's and then you know, then I'm thinking, you know, we've got, we've got all these players on there, and and we still have Donovan Solano, who's now doing a rehab assignment after his COVID uh, mm-hmm. uh, quarantine. Mm-hmm. And Alex Dickerson, uh, who strained his hamstring, also yep. um, doing is out um, on the ten day IL, and so, you know, it, it's it's like wow. I mean, we could get even more deep as we go into the the playoffs. And but I gotta say, you know, we've we've been missing Solano now for what a couple weeks, I think now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know this might be a hot take, but I think I kind of like Estrada better at second than I do Solano. I don't think that's a hot take. No, no, I, I think that's legitimate. Yeah, I, I well, mean, I think, right. I, think I mean, Estrada. I mean, how how clutch has he been? I mean, he's batting like three hundred. He's you know, I just he's playing a solid middle infield and he's shuffled around between shortstop and second base. But I, you know, I feel much more confident with him up to bat this year than I'd have. You know, Solano is not the silver slugger he was. You know, a year ago for the last two seasons. Yeah. No, I mean, Solano, this has been a down year compared to the last two seasons for Donovan Solano. I think Tyro Estrada has been, I mean, a revelation at the at the plate without a doubt. And, you know, I, I think defensively, I haven't noticed any drop off. If if not, perhaps he's even better. And and so I, I would say he is he is, I think, at right now, the, the superior choice at, at second base. And I don't think there's any data that suggests otherwise. If it is, it's historical data of Donovan Solano all by himself and Tyro Estrada's age. And I really don't think that's enough to to change the status quo. I I don't know what that means. In terms of, of of Donovan Solano, when you know his time on the rehab assignment is up, those rehab assignments can be very long. So I, I just I just don't know what that means for Donovan Solano or Tyro Estrada. But I just can't see I just can't see a postseason roster without Estrada on it. I just can't see that. Right. Right. Well, I, I think yeah, especially I mean because you're not going to see like Dubon's not going to make. The, the postseason roster, right? I mean, no, not unless you needed him to for some sort of injury situation. Yeah, absolutely. Estrada is ahead of of, uh, of Dubon. I mean, Dubon brings some sort of defensive flexibility, and Dubon has looked better at the plate since he's come back. To be sure, absolutely. You, you know, he's definitely a better player than he was than he left. But but that's not. A, I don't think it's a big enough sample size to say that's because of any particular reason. Well, and they're both not making it, so it's going to be one or the other, right? Because the one of, one of them is the backup to Crawford at shortstop. Although in the playoffs. Like the only reason you want to back up is because is because Crawford goes down hurt, right? I mean, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I think ideally I would see both Solano and Estrada on the lineup, but I just don't know how everything else shakes up because yes, what do you do with Wilmer Flores at that point? And I do think Flores brings some more consistent power, you know, and defensively he is not as uh, as good of a replacement. Uh, I much prefer him at third or first than I do at second. Yeah. But 
you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know how all that shakes out. What I will say is that, that everybody on the 40 man roster is eligible to be on your postseason roster and you can change your postseason roster between every series. Yeah. So if the giants feel like there's a matchup situation or even if they do have a catastrophic injury, they can also make a change then as well. The good news is the giants have a lot of flexibility. Yes. They have some hard choices, but good news is they also have a lot of flexibility in case things, you know, don't go their way or they sniff out an advantage that they can, you know, that, that they can exploit. Um, so, so I would say, you know, I, I do think it's a hard choice. I really don't know how the three of those guys play out. I really don't. But, but, to, or those four guys: Dubon, Estrada, Solano, and Flores. and and Flores. But to me, I really feel like it would be a mistake to not have Estrada and Flores on the lineup. Uh, sorry, on the roster. Uh, but again, you know, like there's a lot of other factors that go into that. Well, I think so. I mean, they balance out the righty lefty too, right? I mean, because Lastella, right, right. Lastella is the left-hander at second base. So Strada could right. be the right-hander, uh, also yeah. the right-hander at short, uh, you know, uh, but I mean, Crawford's playing no matter what, but yeah, I, yeah. you know, so yeah, I think that, that, that fits, but it's good. Yeah. Who, who knows what they're going to do? Right. Well, I mean, I think we could talk about this a bunch as, 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 as the postseason approaches, but I think another question is Dickerson, Slater and Duggar. All right. Um, and how that all plays out, because I do think those are the three guys that you have to question in the outfield of who's going to be where, and I, I think if the Giants play the Dodgers, Duggar has to be on the line. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's the only I mean, one that seems like, to be able to hit Bueller. Well, least, he's right? the only guy who can hit Walker Bueller. Yeah. Right. And and he and but but he does so with such authority. Right. It's not just that he has Walker Bueller's number. It's just that like if it, Duggar wishes it was always Walker Bueller on the mound. <laughs> right. Nobody else in baseball thinks that way. Yeah. But to Steven Duggar. It's like Walker Bueller is my batting practice pitcher. So, you know, I, I think I do think that's an interesting situation. But again, as long as they can keep all of those guys on the 40 man, they're all eligible for every series as you need them. So so I, I do think it does, again, bring some flexibility. The other thing I will say is that Slater, uh, you know, has been having some communication issues in the outfield, as we saw today. And I got to tell you, I don't if you were listening to the radio broadcast, Dave Fleming just laid into him. It, it was like, you know, I mean, Dave Fleming always like, you know, hedges his bets and he's like, you know, yada, yada, yada. I don't know what's going on and blah, blah, blah. But he was like, there are problems when Slater is playing center field with communication. Right. And he says, yes, it's on everybody. But it really seems like Slater explicitly is having trouble out there. That and that problem does not happen when it's Yaz or 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 Duggar or Wade in center field. Those things don't happen. Well, Cap- or even even Bryant. Right. Well, Kapler mentioned in his post game con- news conference that because uh, they asked him about like what what are some of the things that you'd want to improve, and he specifically mentioned the outfield communication, and uh, yeah. and he said I mean, that Kapler or that um, I'm sorry that Slater told him that he did not call off Bryant. That instead he looked at Bryant. And thought that Bryant understood that it was his ball and did not call him off. And so you could, Kepler was was annoyed. You could tell that Kepler was was annoyed by that. And as well, he should. I'm be, right? annoyed. Yeah, that is horrible. I mean, what do you learn? And I'm teaching little leaguers to call their the ball. You know, and I don't know who our listeners are, but whatever. And the next time you're in center field, an, an eye glance is not enough. <laughs> I got it. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I remember that. 
and I haven't played baseball in a very long time. <laughs> I know I did coach baseball more recently, but still, uh, we almost lost Chris Bryant because of that. Right. Yeah. We, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, almost lost Chris Bryant because of that. That that is not acceptable. That is not acceptable, and it can't happen again. Can't happen again. No. No. Well. So, you know, so the Giants obviously did well this week, but now we've got, um, looking ahead a little bit to next week, uh, we've got, mm. we've got, uh, the Padres are coming to town mm. for a four game series and we play the Padres more than half of our remaining games are against the Padres. 10 games and 19 games left. 10 of them against the Padres. And you can only hope, like, they better play like uh, against us like they did against the Dodgers, damn it. Because uh, today, I mean, oh. you know, Scherzer was perfect through eight or until the eighth inning or something like that. And Scherzer's had an, a tough pitcher. I is, get he it. He is, but come on. I mean, and he had an immaculate inning. He had, you know, which is a, uh, you know, nine strikes for and three strikeouts, you know, three on nine pitches. And, you know, when you're dealing like that, I get it. It's hard, but not just this today's game. I mean, they just seem to have been, have they given up? Max Scherzer's really good, but he's no Corbin Burns. <laughs> okay. Look, look, the Padres are done. Padres are toast. The Padres are still the Padres. Do you hear that pundits? Do you hear that? Everybody who loves the Padres, everybody who picked them to be the second best team in baseball they are 17 and a half games behind the Giants. 18 and 17 half. and a half. 18 and a half as of today. Sorry, 18 and a half. 18 and a half games behind the Giants. 18 and a half games behind the Giants. Stop talking about this team like they're good. They're marginal at best. The Padres are still the San Diego Padres that we have always known and that we have always kind of sort of acknowledged exist they're the san diego padres that's it they haven't proven it they haven't proven it this year they're still the san diego padres yes they have 10 more games left this season but here's what i tell you this is this is what the padres have left for this season this is what the padres can accomplish they can stop the giants from being the division winners that's what the padres can do this year that's the most that they can hope for I'm calling it right now. The Padres are toast. The Padres are done. They are not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. And if they do make the playoffs, they're going to have to do it on the backs of the Giants. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, look, I expect them to play tough. I expect them to try really hard to win. But at the end of the day, the San, the San Diego Padres are 18 and a half games worse than the San Francisco Giants. The Giants went 10 and nine against the Los Angeles Dodgers this year. The Padres can't rent a lead against the LA Dodgers. The Padres are done. And I'm saying that facing a four game series against them. I feel very, I mean, look, you know, they're done. They're done. I don't know what else there is more to say about this team. They're done. They're done. I, and I, you know, now that I say this, I'm, in some ways I'm, I'm actually kind of disappointed. Now that I realize it, I like a lot of these guys on this team. I like the way they play the game. I like flashy brashness. I like some of the guys that they picked up. I like Mark Melanson. And it's sort of like this sort of like, you know, see, I can prove to you that I'm great. I like a lot of the guys that they have on their roster, but they're just 
they're just not there yet. They're missing a certain something. And I think the real thing that we're going to learn over these next four days is whether they have any fight left in them at all. And I, yeah, I agree with you. I hope they don't. (laughs) I hope they're done. I hope they're done. Well, I mean, frankly, it's not a, it's not a huge hot take to say that the Padres are done. I mean, they, they play 13 of their last 19 and a half games are against the Giants and Dodgers. Right. And, and so... So, and the Dodgers and Giants are going to both be playing those games super hard because they're both trying to beat each other. Exactly, right? The You're Giants, not going to get any let up from the Giants and Dodgers. No, not even the last three games of the season. Uh, the Giants are still going to be putting the pedal to the metal. So, uh, yeah, the the Padres, uh, yeah. You know, I used to live in San Diego. I lived in San Diego for 10 years. Even San Diegans are like, yeah, the Padres. You know, I like I... <laughs> Maybe it's a little different now that the Chargers are gone. I haven't I haven't lived in San Diego since the Chargers left. Uh, but you know, people liked going to the games because it was the cool thing to do. But you never hardly met any diehard Padres fans. Like they weren't just yeah. And and the Padres, you know, they don't really they haven't really done enough to really warrant no. you know the 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 attention that they've gotten this year. Yeah, I get it. They signed all these star players, but they haven't performed. And you know, right. they, there's been some injuries for sure, but you know, everyone's been dealing with that. Giants were the no... San Francisco Giants have had some major injuries. Yeah. So did like, the Dodgers. This is like right? I'm not I'm not buying that. Yeah. The Dodgers have some too, right? I'm not buying that excuse from anybody else ever again. Right. Oh, they got injured. You know what? Well then build a better the team. Giants and the Giants and yeah, exactly. Build a better team. The Giants and Dodgers both had major injuries and they still got it done and yeah the dodgers made some some moves to to get there but they had the pieces in place to make those moves and i think those moves hurt the dodgers in the future which was to the giants benefit to be sure but the point is is that these two organizations built teams that could withstand the injuries and they did and the giants were almost as injured or if not more so injured than the padres Right. So the Padres have had the most injuries, I think, in all of baseball or close to, but the Giants are right there with them. So don't come to me crying about all your injuries and saying that's why your team didn't succeed because you're 18 and a half games behind a team that was in the same boat. So just stop. I will say that I have watched a lot of Padres games this year and I have watched a lot of the Padres Dodgers games. And I believe strongly that there is going to be a change at the managerial level in the offseason, especially if the Padres don't make it. Tingler is not coming back if the Padres do not make the playoffs this year. He is absolutely going to get fired. Totally. And I mean, if you polled like 100 baseball fans, how many could tell you the name of the Padres manager? Like, <laughs> like until you said his name right now, I didn't even know. Like, I mean, it's, and he's, you know, we play them, what, 19 times in a season. And yeah, so, yeah, he's, he's one of these like 36 year old. I'm still wearing my sweatshirt guys. Yeah, right. You know, I'm, right. I'm still doing the Joe Madden. But cause, the, cause that's what I remember. A cool, cool sabermetrics manager <laughs> does from 10 years ago. Well, uh, there, there is, uh, there is a guy, there is a name out there that I do know though. I think I know it too. Bruce, Bruce Bochy. And I have mixed feelings about this. Hey, San Diego, it's time to make certain, start making some of those big hats again. Hey, San Diego, come on. It's the 21st century. Like, I I just, I just, I don't even understand why. I mean, I love Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy. I mean, Bruce Bochy obviously uh, did so much for the Giants, but he was also the manager for San Diego when I lived down there. 
And he was the steady influence guy that was getting the team, you know, through tough times. And he just, you know, yeah, he had one, he had one good season where they got swept by the Yankees. And just, you know, I feel like I, I just, why would they do that? Why would they bring back Bochi when, for the name, you know, to, to feel good about themselves because they're bringing back an icon, um, you know, and and I think it would feel a little weird as a Giants fan to be all of a sudden playing against a Bochi-led team. I think, you know, so those are a couple of things where I'm just like, I don't understand why this I is I think happening. you're confusing two entirely different Well, they are two entirely you, different things. I, I, yes, I, I, I agree. I guarantee you I this. have mixed feelings because Diego, of that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you this: the San Diego Padres do not care about. No, they don't. The care. Of course, they don't care. On this. But why? Would, but they should care right. about what kind uh, of manager they bring. And I, and I and I will say yes. I do think I, I think it's an easy sell to the fans. I think it's an easy sell to the fans to bring back Bochi, right? Because he is the last guy who led them to the World Series. Sure, but is it an easy a, sell for Manny Machado and uh, and Tatis? Do you, I don't know. I don't know. Would Bochi want to manage those kind of guys either? Like, I don't know. I don't know. But here's what I'm saying. You're bringing back a Hall of Famer who's won three World Series within the last 10 years. And honestly, I I mean, I don't know what kind of manager he is, but if he's a player's manager, then yes, Machado and Tatis would love to have a manager like that. But I will I will also tell you this. I know that Bruce Bochy is one of the best X's and O's managers in history. And I and that was a skill that he maintained throughout his tenure with the giants it's not like that something went away i think the roster building the way that this giants roster has been built this year is something that bruce bochi never saw no but i don't know that that's the kind of roster that the padres are building and maybe so, maybe i'm assuming that is maybe i'm assuming that you know they, i think that, you're yeah they're, I mean, I, that they're I, gone into no the they're, Sabre a, they're your traditional team. the, the padres, padres are your traditional traditional roster it's a superstar roster you know, I, I think if anything, they need to they need to do more of what the Giants are doing. Totally. And maybe that's outside of Bruce Bochy's comfort zone. But I think Bruce Bochy is a pretty smart guy, and I think he could probably manage anywhere. The, you know, well, I, I yes. do want to bring yes. up. Yes. A, of course, another. he could manage anywhere. I just don't know why. And the I Padres and I think he's still back. got it. I think he's still got it. I think anybody would be would be wise to consider bringing Bruce Bochy on board. I, I mean, certainly. Okay. You know, I, I'm going to bring up a couple of examples that seemed <laughs> counterintuitive. At the time that they were done, and don't seem to have hurt much since they've been hired, and their names that you and I know about very well, Tony Larusa. I don't know that I'm still convinced that was a good hire. <laughs> right. That team is going to make the playoffs handily. They are a contender for the World Series. Yeah, nobody will be surprised if they win the World Series, and if they don't, one of the and if they don't make it to the World Series. One of the teams that is likely to make the World Series is managed by another manager who's who's just a has been who's been doing the same thing over and over again. Another player's manager, another guy that we know very well, Dusty Baker. So my point is, is that these kinds of managers, these guys are still good. They might be old. They might have been old news. They might have done it before. But. You know, I, like if, if Dusty and Tony can do it with good teams, I know that Bruce Bochy can do it with a good team. Yeah. And and you would not be badly served to hire Bruce Bochy as your manager if he's committed and he wants to do it. I would say the Padres become a lot, lot better if he's their manager next year. 
Is it enough? I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe they found out they don't have enough. I think they found out they don't have injury resiliency like the way that the Dodgers and Giants do. So I think they have to make a lot of moves in the front office side. They got to do a lot more there. And, and a manager is not going to help them with that. Yeah. But I, I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the Padres hiring Bruce Bochy. And yeah, no, it's going to it's going to feel weird. It's going to hurt a lot. It's going to be awkward and it's going to be awkward in a different way than when Dusty left because Dusty Dusty never quite got us there. Bruce got us there three times. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's going to, you know, it's going to feel like watching your, your ex go out with, you know, a, a, a you know, a buddy of yours or something. It's just, uh, it, it's going to hurt. It's like watching your ex go back to his high school sweetheart. Yes, that's true. Good. Analogy. <laughs> this is what it's like. Oh, <laughs> After you guys had a long and successful marriage together, like, Oh really? It makes you think about like, was I ever good enough? That's right. <laughs> oh, I see. That's how it is. Huh, Bruce? Don't worry, we'll boo him. We'll boo him. No, we won't. No, we won't. We won't boo him at all. <laughs> you know, we won't. We won't boo Bo- Boach. No. no. But you know who also is Never. is is not good enough right now? The Dodgers. The Dodgers. Why is that, Bob? Dodgers suck. Yes, they do, Bob. Dodgers suck. But not enough. Not enough, man. <laughs> Could they suck a little bit more, please? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Look, I, okay. Okay. I I don't know. A week or two ago, somebody on this podcast, you, me, the person who writes our show notes, whatever said, this was going to be a a race for the ages. We didn't really mean it. (laughs) Like we didn't want it to be true. Like what we meant was no, the giants are just going to win this running away. (laughs) Right? Yes. That's that's (sighs) it still could happen not likely you know and and let's be real let's be real because we're we have a two and a half game lead uh you know three weeks to play three weeks to play so you know 100 point flip wise uh, we're in way better totally and 140 plus games ago we had if we had laid out the scenario we would have been like yeah i'll take that right give it to me give it to me give it to me give it to me and now though i'm getting greedy now it's like i want the dodgers to just I, oh, I want them to play that one game wildcard playing so bad. I want the division. I mean, that's uh, the long and short is I want the division. Look, it, it, here's, here's how it goes. In some ways, I mean, it, it, in some ways, the, the, look, the Giants have won the season series against the Dodgers. And that is a feather in our cap that can never be taken away. Also, the Giants, by being where they are, force the Dodgers to trade away their number one and two prospects. Another feather in the cap that can never be taken away. These are wonderful victories. And it doesn't really matter. The Dodgers could win the World Series again, and we'd still be saying, yeah, sure, but you didn't win, beat us in the season series. We could still make that claim and always have that claim. But I want more. And the next thing on the list is the division title. Right? Yes. Let's get greedy. And, and that, yes, that is such the tasty one because the Dodgers have won the division every year since 2014. I don't, I don't remember. I know that they've At won least it eight years in a row. I, I might, is it nine years now? Is it eight, years in, eight, years, is it in eight years in a row? Is it eight years in a row? Yeah. Because I, I think the Giants were a wild card winner when they won it in 2014, but but I don't remember. I think they won the division in 2012. So that means the Dodgers could have won the division in 2013 and since. 
And if that's the case, oh man, I want the division title so much. Again, because it becomes one of those things that they can never take away from you. And it doesn't matter whatever else happens. And that's why these victories are so special. They're not just gravy. It's not just about the World Series titles. Because if it was just about the World Series titles, the Giants are better. Period. Both in both on the West Coast and in the history of baseball. Well, and to that point, the, it's it's eight. They the la- they won in 2013 through last season, uh, right? And uh, you know, we did win a World Series, right. uh, and that's in that, why in that I stretch, won. But uh, yeah, that's right. They won one World Series in that time, and so did we. <laughs> that time. That's not that's why it's not always so great to win the division title, is it? No, it doesn't guarantee anything eight, for sure. Eight, eight chances, eight chances. <laughs> I guess on average, if you were a coin flip, you would win it once out of every eight playoff appearances since there's. Well, once out of every 10 playoff appearances, I mean, the whole wild card changes the odds on all those things. And that's a whole math problem that I don't want to get into. But the point is, I want to beat the Dodgers, Matthew. That's the point. The point is, I want to beat the Dodgers. And I want to beat them at everything. And right now, the one thing that we're competing with them against is the division title. I want to beat the Dodgers. So how are we going to do that? If the Dodgers, if nobody can beat the Dodgers, if the San Diego Padres are just going to roll over and show their underbellies and say, slice me right here, please. (laughs) What can the San Francisco Giants do? Is anybody going to stand up against the Dodgers? Who are they playing next? It's not good. (laughs) Oh, God. We have have a much harder record our opponent record then no we don't Dodgers. because we're playing the san diego padres for 10 games and we just learned those guys are laying down okay that's true those guys have given that's up. true the san diego padres don't want it all right but the dodgers that's what we've learned from those guys the dodgers have six games against the diamondbacks yes, i'm goading you the dodgers have still have six games against the diamondbacks they got three games against colorado in colorado though so who knows uh Yes. Hey, that's not some. That's not. That's not nothing. Right. That's not but, nothing. But they and, and, then, remember, and they do have three games against the Reds and three games against the Brewers, which are obviously playing for something. Although the Brewers might not be at that point. Who knows, right? I, oh, is that that's the last season of the that's the last series of the season against the Brewers? The Brewers will be playing for nothing then. The Brewers have a thirteen game lead over the Reds. Yeah. So they're yeah. So that we the Brewers so we can't count on the Dodgers to you know the Brewer, the Brewers will be getting people work and they'll be realigning their uh, their roster. The only way the Brewers are playing hard at that time is if they are close in overall record mm. to try and get home field advantage. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they would be doing that is because their owners told them to because it means more home games. Yeah, which means more money. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, also, yeah, there's a home field advantage, but, um, oh, wow. Okay. So the Dodgers have, uh, so this week, the Padres, sorry, the Giants are playing the Padres for, for four games. And then who are we playing after the, the Braves at home? Ah, the Braves, those guys that lost three to the Dodgers. Yeah. Right. Hey, Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. I want some payback against those fools. <laughs> One, just because that series in Atlanta was not the Giants' best showing. And I think for reasons beyond outside of baseball, like, you know, they, they had to get things lined up and yeah, certain guys were coming down with COVID and whatnot. Oh, yeah, but I mean, and but the Braves are good. And I mean, it's, it's, uh, we've got, although it's so our next 10 games, seven of them are against the Padres, sandwiched around those three Braves games. 
mm-hmm. and then we play the Rockies and the Diamondbacks for six straight uh, yeah. before we we finish up with the Padres. So you know the Rockies and Diamondbacks for six straight with you know towards the end and then finishing up with the Padres at home. Huh. I think that's okay. the, I, I feel good about that. Especially no, with a two and a half game too, lead, right? I mean, no, you're you're not you're not wrong. But let me just count this up: Arizona three. I'm just gonna make. I, I, I'm I'm just gonna. I'm look. I'm the pessimist in the family. This is what I do. Yeah. But I also want to call out some people for sucking. <laughs> so the Dodgers have three games against the Diamondbacks. That's a sweep. The Diamondbacks are horrible. We're one of the worst teams in the history of baseball. It's atrocious. You guys should be embarrassed. It's awful. I've watched a lot of your games. They were awful to watch. I don't even know why, why I did why it. Why did you do that? <laughs> For the sake of the show, oh, Matthew. You're so and that was a mi- that was a mistake. <laughs> that was a mistake. That's how bad your baseball has been this year, Arizona. Okay, then three games against the Reds. The Reds are fighting. They're fighting hard. They are a team that wants the playoff spot. They they deserve to have that wild card more than the Padres do. The Reds want it. They're just not as talented as the Padres. Yeah. The Padres are a more talented team, but the Reds want it more. I think the Reds win maybe one, maybe two games against the Dodgers. Let's say two. It's not really going to be two. It's going to be one, but let's say two. So at this point now, the, 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 the it's okay. It's one and five. Two, no, two and four. Four and two. Colorado, in Colorado. They still win at least two or three. I, I don't know. I don't know. This feels like a kryptonite moment to me. I'm going to call this one for the Rockies. So you're saying that this might be payback from 1993. This is, this is where Bud Black gets his. Yeah. Okay. This is where Bud Black gets his for 1993. He goes for the sweep. He has a dagger stuck in his heart in one of these games, probably in game two, (laughs) but in game three, he comes back and his team gets it done. I'm calling it right now. Fans. We're going to watch all three of these Dodgers Rockies games. They're going to be special. Bud Black, Bud Black, 1993, baby. Come on, man. Come on. This is your revenge. This is your moment. Get it done. If you have to end Trevor Story's career by sending him out there to throw 15 innings of baseball as a pitcher, you do it. You do it. Buddy, Bud, one half of the Black and Decker. Uh, battery, you know what I'm talking about, Bud Black. Come on, buddy, get it done. Oh, all right, yeah. So, two and one, two and one. We're going, they're going two and one in that. Sorry, the Rockies are going two and one. So, the, the Dodgers go one and two. Okay, Arizona against that's another sweep. Padres, oh, sweep. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be. This is where the really the run differential is really going to start to look ridiculous. The Dodgers are going to score 50 runs in each of those games, the Padres are going to score negative five. <laughs> each game so it's going to be negative 15 to 150 yeah and max scherzer will throw um, like three 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 perfect games you know in that series no 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 gavin lux is going to pitch all of those <laughs> games and win all three of them and the padres are going to fernando tatis is going to somehow hit each time and strike out every time the padres are going to lay down and uh be swept so so that's how that game is going brewers brewers are brewer oh god i feel like this this is a magical season for the brewers they're not even going to try. They're going to beat one. They're going to win one of these games. Okay. So I see the Dodgers going. The Dodgers are going to lose one game against the Reds, two games against the Rockies, and one game against the Brewers. The Dodgers are going to lose four times more this season. <laughs> calling, calling it right now. There you go, San Francisco Giants. I just told you what you. So that means we can only lose six 
times. <laughs> you can lose six times. You can lose six times, and then you have to play a head-to-head game. That's the that's the deal. I just, so so so, and we have nineteen. So the Giants have to go thirteen and six. Okay. I almost don't feel like I'm wrong here, Matthew. Like, look at <laughs> yeah, this. You're convinced like, me. We're this. doomed, man. We're doomed. <laughs> no, we're not doomed. The Giants are going to go 17 and two. Okay. Because it's the 2021 Giants. Like, That's right. That's right. I don't, I, this team is inexplicable. Yes. Yes. I, I yeah. It's always explicable in hindsight, <laughs> but like, we can't see how they're going to do it. They're going to do it somehow. They're going to do it somehow. No, I mean, look, the, the Diamondbacks will squeeze out a win or two here, I am sure. Uh, you know, the Rockies are really tough at home, I, and the Dodgers do not play them. Like, they've tried, the Dodgers have a good record against the Rockies, but all of those games against them are close. I could really see the Rockies pulling that out. The Reds are a tough team. The Reds are going to play them hard. I do think the Padres are done, and I think by that point in the season, they may have rolled over. It really depends on how they do against the Giants. The Padres have to win the series against the Giants. From their perspective, they have to go three and one or four and oh in this next series. Yeah. To just keep their season alive. They have to do it from their perspective. If they don't and they struggle after that, I think by the time they get to that Dodgers series, it's over. They'll roll over. And uh, and I do think the Brewers will go one and two in that series because I do think the Brewers won't care because they'll be lining up their rotations, but they'll still somehow win one of those games because they're that good of a team. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess, you know, we'll we'll see. We've got Three more Sundays of uh, podcasts in the regular season to figure that out. But uh, before we kind of wrap this up, you have to roll the dice one more time on our season. This is the last time, folks. This is the last time I'm rolling the dice because, one, I never thought I'd be rolling the dice this many times. The only reason I agreed to do this is because I thought for sure that Logan Webb was not going to get as many starts as, as he has because he was hurt when I made this arrangement. And Buster's home runs had died down. Suddenly, you know, Buster's home runs peaked back up. Buster's a little streaky with home runs. He always has been. But the man has 17 home runs at this point. If he finishes the season with 17 home runs, it's a great year for Buster Posey. Logan Webb has three starts left and he has 10 wins. I never needed to make this deal. Yes, because if you recall, listeners, at the very beginning of the season, we were making predictions and we were trying, we were doing over-unders, and we asked, I asked Ben over or under. Buster Posey, 12 home runs, and he said over, uh, but he thought that was a good number, right? But he was going to be optimistic, no, Yeah. but that was, but well, over. And then he got like super crazy because I think he was drinking some like a uh, really strong drink. And he said that Logan Webb was episode. also going to have 13 wins. And, uh, and that was when Logan Webb had, was the star of the spring training and his, you know, his changeup was the talk of the of look, baseball. Look, a lot of people thought Logan was great then. And were we wrong? No, no, no. we were all right. Exactly. So you could have just sat on this whole season and he would have been coming right up on 13 wins at the end of the season. If you had just, yeah, it was actually 12 wins for Logan, 13 home runs for Buster. I made the prediction for Logan first and then the prediction for Buster. But the, but the point is, um, the point is, is that I didn't need to make this arrangement at all. But, you know, I, what I'd like to think is, is that the only reason they recovered and that Logan Webb is now back in the rotation and healthy, knock on wood, and that Buster is hitting home runs, knock on wood, is because I did this. It's all my fault. That's right. It's like you drinking your liquid luck. That's right. My good luck charm. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, right. And so if I don't keep rolling the dice, it's like you not drinking your liquid luck last Saturday and costing the Giants a game. And I would never do that. I would never go from my boys. So I'm going to keep rolling the dice. But they've hit the 25 number. And so this is the last time. Logan and Buster, keep doing it. Keep doing your thing. Keep doing your thing. Every cocktail after this point is in your honor, but it's not because of rolling the dice. All right. What do we want, Matthew? What's our favorite? Do we want a cocktail, a sour, a fizz, a smash, a punch, a flip, a swizzle, or a Ricky? What's your favorite? What do you want? Well, I know you always talk about Ricky's, but Ricky's I, don't, are you know, I don't like Ricky. Ricky's are very simple. I just have never actually, yeah. to be honest, I've never had a Ricky. But just go have one. Just but, have yeah, one. It's but, a, it's but, but, no, so, yeah, no, we don't need to. I, I personally like sours, but that's also a simple cocktail. Uh, yeah, and a smash yeah, is always fun. Smashes were a lot of different ingredients. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them optional, so I wouldn't mind a smash. Um, I like the flip because it was the whole egg, yeah, and that was crazy. I did the flip that one time after you did it, just as my and uh, actually for our friend Rose uh, for the uh, Genuine Draft podcast that we were guests on. Right, and right, I, right. I, my stomach didn't was like really a whole egg. Like I, I was, I was like, oh, it was gurgling a little bit afterwards. So I don't know if I'm a flip kind of guy, but uh, it would really taste. All right, good. let's do a punch or a smash. Let's punch or a smash. Uh, smash. Smash it is. All right. Okay, so we're not going to do the bitters and we're not going to do the spice dice. All right. So let me, I rolled the dice. Let's get rid of this guy and let's get to this guy. Peach bitters. I didn't even know that was a thing. All right, here we go. Ladies and we're going to do the spirit last because that's the, let's start with the, uh, we're going to do the herb, the herb dice number six. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of my brother's favorite herbs. It's cilantro. Oh. Wow. The dice God, the base, the cocktail gods are like, putting it hard on gonna they're gonna work make on this me last work. one <laughs> cilantro right out of the gate the spirit's got to be tequila well, then, right? well <laughs> it's got to be like but it's that's that's maybe not be what the dice said all right all right next thing is i i have a fruit it's an optional ingredient it's an optional ingredient i don't have to do it but if i do do it it's going to be apple apple okay okay and then after that is a citrus. Now, again, this is optional in a smash, optional in a smash, but we have a tried and true. We have the workhorse of cocktails, lemon. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. That's no problem. No problem. No problem. A lemony cilantro apple lemon cilantro too, cocktail yeah. coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. um, and then for my sweetener, I can choose one or the other or both of honey. As a sweetener, oh, that's easy. I mean, you know, brings yeah, it to the flavor. And elderflower liqueur, which is actually a softball because elderflower liqueur doesn't really bring a lot of flavor. It's nice, it's pleasant, it's mellow, plenty sweet. Um, if you're the kind of person that wants to just drink a sweet thing and drink that, nurse that all day until you're 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 buzzed, you know, like I don't know, maybe you just went into retirement and you don't know what to do with your Thursday because it's an off day for the Giants. Just drink a bottle of elderflower liqueur. But all of that is going to be tied around the warm but tried and true arms. Tied around the arms? No. Enveloped by the warm arms of the tried and true 
whiskey. Whiskey. Which means, folks, I can choose bourbon. I can choose or rye. rye. I could choose a um, scotch. I have a lot of things on my I yeah. This this is this is crazy because of the cilantro. The cilantro is the curveball here, but you know that it is, wouldn't be yeah. a baseball cocktail without a curveball. So there you That's go. Right. We have a whiskey cilantro cocktail coming up next week. Um folks, just be glad you don't have to drink it. I do. And I have to drink it like three or four times because I got to try to make this thing taste good. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we're still in first place. 19 games left in the season. That's right. Hopefully we clinch tomorrow. That's right. We will come back next week and celebrate that even further. Right. All and, we got to do is uh, go 15 and four. That's it. Piece of cake, man. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for listeners for spending another hour with us. It was great uh, chatting with you all. And uh, Ben, I will uh, see you next time. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up.